Hello, this is Celia Duplessis from Gaia Kosovo, and you are listening to the fourth episode of our Reflection Podcast series. Our guest, Victor Berishai, is the Energy and Climate Policy Coordinator for Southeast Europe at Climate Action Network Europe, a coalition of NGOs promoting sustainable climate, energy, and development policies throughout Europe. Victor works on preventing new coal development in the Western Balkans by focusing on the Energy Community Treaty and the EU accession process. Prior to joining Climate Action Network Europe, he worked for COSID, Balkan Investigative Research Network, and Balkan Green Foundation on energy and climate change issues in Kosovo and the Western Balkans. Today, Victor will discuss with us about climate change in the Balkans. Hello, Victor, and thank you for joining our Reflection podcast series. We are very happy to have you, and uh, we want to discuss today about climate change in the Balkans. It seems that this issue has been gaining more and more attention for the past years in the region. I wanted to start this podcast with a question. Could you give us a short overview on climate change in the Balkan and what would be the short-term and long-term climate change effects and threats to the region? Uh, first of all, thank you, Celia, for having me. I am very happy to be with you. Time is really flying. Gaia is 10 years old now, so um, congratulations on your work and uh, definitely keep up uh, the good work and happy always to, to be uh, cooperating and collaborating with you, even in this setup. Climate change, yes, it is true. It is uh, an emerging topic also in the Western Balkans, but uh, maybe not to the extent that we would uh, maybe like to have it in the sense that still uh, we have a lot of work to do regarding the awareness raising. Nevertheless, uh, we feel the impacts of climate change on a daily basis, uh, namely the amount of the greenhouse gas emissions that surround the people and the cities and the villages throughout the Western Balkans really feel it each smog season, as you probably have started to feel it right now, due to high pollution of, uh, from the coal power plants in, uh, in the region. And we must not forget that uh, the region is host to 16 of uh, some of the most polluted think higher uh, power plants in uh, not only in Europe, but actually even be, uh, beyond that. In uh, short term and long term effects of climate change are actually present. We have been witnessing in the last couple of years, the dramatic uh, turns of events related to the environment in which people in the Western Balkans live. We have seen floods, we have seen droughts, we have seen use of uncontrolled natural resources, which just adds more fuel to the flame. We have seen uh, rivers drying out, uh, having a lower amount of oxygen in them, impacting the, the quality of water, directly impacting the biodiversity, etc. So these are the, the, the signals that tell us that something is uh, actually very wrong and will have uh, tremendous impacts if not actually foreseen uh, to, if not 
bring out policies which would slow down these effects until we bring them to a halt. Of course, so this does not only depend from what the region has to do, but this is a, a global ef uh, effort. And also, regardless that uh, sometimes we hear the narrative from the region that the region is actually very small and does not have a significant impact, it actually does, because all of us have to do their own part into this and have an have our shared uh, fair share of effort into tackling the the effects of climate change you can go to to any region in the western balkans and talk to the villagers they are the first one who actually sense it uh, how the drafts and unexpected rainfalls uh, in different parts of the season or how long or short the summers are becoming or how much the the high temperatures are with us uh, how much sunlight we are actually getting they will tell you based on the crops and on how much the turnover they actually have throughout the year that is uh, very much evident and as we um, many of the times uh, witness uh, the effects on all the sectors, uh, especially when we go into the agricultural one, have a significant impact. I wanted also to ask you, because we speak of the Balkan as a region, but each country has its specificities regarding their energy supplies, where the energy comes from and also what impacts it causes. And I wanted you, if you could tell us a bit the difference among the Balkan countries, um, where does the energy come from? Yeah, well, this is a fair point because the energy sector in the Western Balkans is the one causing the most pollution in all of the region. Uh, as I've mentioned earlier, region is a home to 16 uh, existing coal power plants, which emit enormous amount of polluting particles, and the effects of them are tremendous. But let's talk a little bit about the overall landscape. The countries actually do not differ that much from one another uh, in the sense of dependency on uh, fossil fuels for uh, energy production. The main sector here, and I'm talking about the electricity, is heavily dependent on coal. We can exclude here Albania, which does not have any coal into their electricity mix, and we are very much happy for that. But the rest of the Western Balkans countries definitely reliance on coal-fired electricity production. Uh, the lowest percentage in the electricity mix uh, comes in North Macedonia and in uh, Montenegro, about 50 few percent. Then we have uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Serbia, which is about 70 few percent. And in Kosovo, which is the champion on reliance on coal, is around 97 percent of electricity produced in Kosovo actually comes from the two coal power plants um, near Pristina in Obilic, Kosovo A and Kosovo B. As you can see, and the region does not actually have hard coal that uh, they burn. They use a lower grade of coal for burning, which means more extraction and more burning and more pollution in the end of the lignite, uh, which is a lower grade of coal. The whole process, not only of the burning, but from the extraction until the storage, has a tremendous uh, repercussions uh, for 
first of all, the natural resources, the nature itself, uh, the impact on air pollution, water pollution, above and underground pollution are tremendous. Um, and we have to take into account how much the region lacks in having a proper medical care of, uh, of its citizens. We know, for instance, that in Kosovo, there is no insurance for most of the population. And if you have any kind of problems, health problems, you have to pay by yourself uh, to actually get treated, if not in Kosovo, because lack of the equipment, uh, etc. Many times people actually go outside of Kosovo for treatment, and I'm talking here about people with respiratory diseases, lungs mainly, but uh, we have to understand that uh, the particles are so small <clears throat> that are emitted from the coal power plants that they enter, even the nervous system. So we have a, a multiple level of impact on health of people, which is an additional financial burden uh, for the society as a whole. But in this sense, um, there are some positive movements in the region. Namely, last year at this time, we had um, five out of six uh, countries in the Western Balkans who were investing in the new coal power plants. And uh, out of five countries, we have now only two countries who are per still pursuing these goals. And we have had dropout of coal projects in Kosovo, in, in North Macedonia, according to their new energy strategy and in Montenegro where they have actually fall, defaulted on the plans to build the second block of Plievlia power plant. So this is um, an important turn of events in the region where maybe the region is actually considering how to move forward, especially keeping into mind their ambition to integrate with the EU and um, looking into what the EU is doing and how much the green policies are the centerpiece of any kind of legislation that is happening. The streamlining of policies has to happen from now. Unfortunately, the, some of the, the two countries which still uh, continue to pursue coal power plants and expansion of coal activities are Serbia and, and Bosnia and Herzegovina. And mm -hmm. uh, that would only add up on the whole pollution, keeping in mind of how uneconomical coal is and how much uh, huge repercussions for health actually will have. And also on the, on the economic side of events, I must state this as a fact uh, which has been checked and triple checked by many of the stakeholders that the coal is not reliable anymore. It's not economically viable anymore. We have had the energy community report from the last year on how much the subsidies of coal from the countries in the Western Balkans, public money goes into keeping coal alive. It's tremendous amount of money, meaning that all of that funds can be actually used to have some kind of a long-term effect and actually we are uh, keeping alive something which is actually killing us. And rebounding on all these things that you mentioned, the EU, the fossil fuels, the coal, I wanted also to speak more about the Energy Community Treaty, which Kosovo is part of, and this goal of 25% of renewable energy to reach. It seems that it is an issue, at least in Kosovo from what I know, and because there is a, a growing number of environmental activists and citizens who are against 
or at least raising their concerns uh, regarding this 25% of renewable energy to, to reach. And I wanted to know what is your opinion on this matter? Is it, is it something uh, bad? How, how should we perceive it? This is a very important question. And uh, first, um, I don't know how much uh, your audience is familiar, but the Energy Community Treaty is a treaty aiming on creating the pan-European energy, energy market. So meaning uh, European Union and several of the neighboring countries from Europe, which uh, entails the whole Western Balkans, Ukraine, Georgia and Moldova. And there are some other observing parties, but these are the key countries where actually the treaty has a legally binding effect. We have to understand that the Energy Community Treaty is the main driver of the energy transition in the region. It is the in my opinion, the fast track towards uh, EU integration to a great extent. Now, when uh, the targets were set uh, through the energy community, that is something that uh, actually can be achieved and uh, without having uh, huge repercussions on the environment, because we have to understand how the countries apply their own plans and how do they apply these directives and the commitments that they take upon themselves. In this case, in the energy community, Kosovo wants to have 25% of renewables into their final energy mix, which is fine and something that can happen, but we have to take into account which renewable energy sources uh, can Kosovo actually accommodate in order to reach this, uh, this goal. They have identified around six points where they could build uh, new hydropower plants, small ones. But then this number grew rapidly, turning it from six into today, I believe, the last time that this, uh, that this planning was happening um, a few governments ago, because we have had quite some changes, arrived at the 77 hydropower plants, which is ridiculous because Kosovo does not have rivers to actually accommodate that. Kosovo does not have rivers, maybe for one, and not to talk about uh, all of those. But um, this has been exploited by the system which did not regulate uh, this matter very well. And we have had a boom because we have to understand this, that in order to incentivize the investment in the renewables, a regulatory office in Kosovo has put into a law a support scheme, meaning that, for instance, in the hydropower, whatever hydropower plants uh, produce, those whose capacity is smaller than 10 megawatts, all of that electricity is bought at the price higher than the market price. So it is about almost 70 euros per megawatt hour produced, which is a very lucrative um, income for people who might own hydropower plants. So we have seen a boom into these projects and building, and we have had a tremendous uh, impact on nature because their benefit is so small and it can never outweigh that the cost on the environment it actually has. So we have to turn to what actually Kosovo has. It does not have rivers, but it has more sun that per square kilometer than any other countries in the, in the Western Balkans. We have 
places where we have all the time wins in Kosovo, we should exploit the resources that we actually have and not go to what will be, maybe it will look easiest because um, people don't know much about solar and wind energy in Kosovo, but they are during every day each year. So there is a, a big misconception of on actually using the, re, the, the renewables cause more harm to the, to the nature than it actually does good. It does when it is not properly addressed. And we have to understand that we need to use the resources that we have. Kosovo does not have water. So let's turn to solar. Let's turn to a wind, but more importantly, let's turn to energy efficiency. Energy efficiency should be seen as an energy source for the citizens in the region, especially in Kosovo, because no one thinks about insulation, about uh, using and reusing of appliances in the most efficient and sustainable way. So these are the factors that we have to take into account in order to make the, the demand steady for electricity electricity not to expand so much driven by the effective energy efficiency policies and then go with the planning on the renewable energy sources and i have to un to uh, underline here that um, the western balkan countries have to understand that uh, they are not uh, islands of their on their own and uh, they have to actually rely on one another through the market integration in order not in order to exploit the resources from other countries. So a liberalized market will actually guarantee this. And in this case, in, in, in Kosovo, the country needs to fast phase out the support scheme and move to what actually now is the recommendation from the energy community and has been for quite some time now is uh, to move to the auction-based system. We have had a very uh, successful uh, tenders happening in Albania and in North Macedonia recently, where where even the solar electricity actually came so down that it is even below the market price. So we can see how the, the market can actually influence and lower down the cost of all of these investments. You mentioned uh, investors, you mentioned also turning to different energies according to the country situation. But if we take the case of hydropower plants, which you mentioned also in Kosovo, I think it was also criticized for what the investors did not do, the lack of a clear legislative framework, or at least the, the lack of clear procedures, something that should be respected. And according to you, what should be done, what Kosovo should, should do to ensure that at least the, the least harm will be done to the environment and uh, procedures will be respected in the case of every investors, actually. For now, all of the work uh, on hydro in Kosovo should stop. Mm. It's simple as that. Until an evaluation of all the processes is actually done to see does it actually, is it something feasible and economically viable and also environmentally viable to actually proceed? The other thing is that we need strict respect of rule of law, which is a huge problem in the region, but as we see it, it is also in Kosovo. We have had such a hasteful policy making in Kosovo that it actually allowed the, the hydropower plants to be not only 
uh, fully functional and operational while not having a license, but actually being part of a support scheme for years without a proper license uh, issued by the Kosovo authorities. This is only due to procedural mishap between uh, stakeholders in, in the process, namely, this is the case uh, in uh, indection of problems between the Ministry of Environment and the regulatory office in Kosovo. You, you can understand that uh, you can build a facility to produce electricity based on natural resources without having an environmental permit, which is a completely nonsense. Uh, how can you, can, then you can get an environmental permit after the fact, which defies the purpose of having an environmental permit. So first of all, it must be said that we need to take into account uh, the laws that uh, the Republic of Kosovo has and respect them to the fullest when it comes to having projects like this, having a proper environmental impact assessment, having a strategic impact assessment for these projects, then have a proper public consultation because public has to be aware of what is happening and have their opinion included in the planning. Then we have to take into account, does this coincide with the procedure and the path that Kosovo has to take? Namely, uh, we have to do a revision probably of the energy strategy, the climate strategy, etc. So we have to take into account all of this then see if we have to proceed actually with this uh, process or not. In the end, as I have told you earlier, in the context of hydropower, the main incentive about the investors is the support scheme, which guarantees them by law that all the electricity that they will produce, assuming that they will build hydropowers smaller than 10 megawatts in capacity, and this is actually the case because all of the projects are for small hydropower plants, then actually you have to move away from this uh, because it is killing the purpose of having the incentive. You want to incentivize people to do the green energy to save the environment and you are doing actually the opposite. So you have to incentivize in the proper way, moving away from the support scheme and let the auction-based system decide on that. But more importantly, divert your aim towards uh, solar and wind energy, storage, the temperature of the earth is itself, but also the geothermal and also the storage capacities. So mixed with energy efficiency, then you have something right. These are not processes that we have to take them into account as on their own, but actually as part of a bigger picture. You can see from the profiles of investors in small hydropowers in Kosovo, you can see that they might not actually be specialized in energy production at all, etc. This just tells you that this is only a business opportunity for them and business is good as it is right now in Kosovo, unfortunately. This would be about the kind of the legislation. What about citizens' initiative going against investors' behavior right now. What do you think of those initiatives and what power do they have in the debate? 
I would not go directly in the sense against the investors. Of course, the investors mm. have to be taken accountable for what they do if, mm. if they do not respect the law, if they do not meet the necessary environmental and economical and social requirements for their projects, their projects have to be challenged. But in this sense, we have to go and challenge the legislation itself. Mm. Uh, does it has the necessary weight to actually have an impact and we have seen that the citizens' resistance in these projects actually has had a tremendous impact, although to some extent it is still ongoing because uh, the government still do not know how to proceed in this direction. So they have taken the matter into their own hands and raised their voice through protests and, and civil activism, which is very important in a democratic society because you have to use all your democratic tools to make your own point. Hydro are a small problem compared to what the damage can be done from the coal power plants. I'm not, of course, in any way minimalizing the importance of uh, tackling the environmental issues on hydropower plants, for instance, that you, we were discussing. But uh, if uh, the greenhouse gas emissions continue to rise, there will be no environment to actually protect. So every year, we have the same story. You see probably the news media outlets in Kosovo have already, and in the region, throughout the region, have already started to talk about how the air pollution is growing, how big the number of uh, the air quality index is, what is happening, which factors do actually contribute. And yes, the number one factor is the coal power plants and period. We have to understand that. And we have to address this problem, if not from the climate perspective, if not from any other. Let's talk from what is very much obvious, health of the citizens of Kosovo and the budget and the money of the citizens of Kosovo, because they are the ones first keeping them alive through the taxation. And the second one is they are actually paying for it for their health and well-being from their own pockets. So that is very big incentive for the citizens to actually take matters into their own hand in the sense of much more engagement with all stakeholders across all the, the spectrum of, of a government. And on any level, even if it is on municipal level, even if it is on the higher level, but also talk with the businesses and the associations and the trade unions, because the environmental movement is not only for the environment, it actually uh, promotes a more sustainable way of living. And until we continue to live our lives in a linear way, we actually uh, will still have problems. We need to go and live in a full cycle, kind of a circular economy, if you will. So any initiatives which raise any kind of environmental issues is a welcomed one. And citizens has, it's their right and Today, I'm sorry, but it is the obligation of every citizen to actually raise their concern on what they believe is right and just. And they, if they need answers towards certain, uh, certain questions, they need to be, those answers need to be provided by the actually people in charge. Yeah, it's a nice uh, ending for the last question, actually, to 
ask people to also take initiatives and go against or go for or fight for what they believe. That is the end of my questions, but it was really interesting. Thank you so much. No, it is my pleasure. And uh, it is very much important to have an open dialogue about the climate and the energy issues. That is why uh, we are seeing now when the politicians start talking about their, usually in the election time, about the plans, they start talking about the environment. So the talk of the environment by the citizens themselves is actually having an effect and it should continue to actually do so. But please, the main point is to raise a dialogue on any level And um, it's not the point of going against, it's going for. Let's give it positive uh, narrative to all of this because this should be seen as a feast of actually doing something right Mm. for yourself, for your family, your environment and for your community. Yeah, no, exactly. I I was um, also thinking about the Energy Community Treaty and how it was interesting to speak because um, I also had quite a negative uh, opinion about it but uh, listening to what you said. um... No, actually, the Energy Community Treaty is uh, one of the main uh, drivers of the energy transition and the climate transition. Please know that currently all the contracting parties of the energy community are drafting their national energy and climate plans, which means that Kosovo and other countries in the Western Balkans will have their climate plans of tackling the greenhouse gas emissions towards 2030, maybe have a vision by 2050, which is would be great to have mm-hmm. something in line with the Paris Agreement. And all of this is actually done through the energy community. And uh, I am uh, more than happy to exchange with you on this matter, even beyond this interview, whenever you feel it like it. Thank you for everything, for all your answers. Thanks. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, please extend my warm regards to the team. Yeah, thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening. This episode was created with the help of Mevlude Skoroshi and Jeremy Floro. Graphic design, Isabella Markova. Theme song, I Will Go Out to Run Now by The Game. You can listen to the Reflection Podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud. Back to you next week.